Hello, may I welcome you to episode 54 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working who have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and the future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, I welcome back a former guest to discover he began his career within the industry nearly 20 years ago and has recently become part owner of a successful removals and storage company. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end with a funny moving story regarding porters getting a fright. My guest this episode is Tommy McNee, General Manager of Guardian Moving and Storage. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Tommy. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you today? Very well, thanks, Colin. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? Having you, having you back. You're the yeah. first one to come back, Tommy. Yeah, I, I know. Do you know what? I, I actually, I looked back at uh, the old episode, uh, one, to make sure I wasn't just duplicating stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> and two, would you believe that's nearly two years? That was December 2020, my yep. first appearance here. That's pretty scary. Yeah, with the committee of the Young Movers Group. Indeed. And, and here I am back just on my own. Well, to be fair, we only asked a few of the questions, as we normally do with the Young Movers Group, as there were seven of you in total. So it's great to have you back. Hopefully I can get some of the others back as well and ask them the missing questions and see what their responses are. Absolutely. I'll keep harassing them for you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. So can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry? So I'm Tommy McNee. Uh, I am now part owner of Guardian Moving and Storage. I am a father of three, very much a boring individual. <laughs> uh, a lot of my, my time is just spent on work building business and I have been in the industry now approaching 20 years. So on our last podcast, you weren't part owner, but you were hoping to be. Yes, at I, some point. I, I mentioned on that podcast I think the question was around about like a, a sort of five-year plan or where did I see myself? Mm. And part of where I saw myself and, and my goals were to become director of Guardian. And that has yep. now since happened as well as taking part ownership of the company. And how does that feel? It feels really good. Um, you know, further down the line in the questioning, I'll go on about goal setting and, and how I yep. strongly believe in it. But it feels great. Um, it, it really does feel like... Not that I was destined for it, but I I was solely focused on setting a goal and achieving the goal. And from the setting to the achieving, just putting all those steps in place to how I get there, asking the relevant questions. And then when the opportunity came to buy the company with a couple of partners, it all just tied in exactly. I don't want to say just like I had dreamed of, because that's a little bit of pie in the sky, but about the aims and ambitions and goals that I set, I was able to achieve them with also buying the company as well as becoming director too. Super stuff, super stuff. Congratulations. Thank you. So how did you get started in this wonderful industry? Um, so probably dating back right till when I was probably just out of nappies. My, my dad had a <laughs> what initially was a small removal firm. So he started doing deliveries for places like Toys R Us and the local sofa companies. 
and it was just him and his mate in an old clapped out van that they actually hand painted to try and make it basically paint over the rust. <laughs> there wasn't any money at, at that sort of time to you know to go into a paint shop or, or to buy a new vehicle. It was basically go with what we've got. And like many stories, that became people then asking my dad. And this time I was probably five or six years old. Could you move a chest of drawers? You know, could you come and move this? And from one single item became a garage, became a house move. And he sort of slowly branched out into buying a truck. And at that point, I was about seven or eight. And I have vivid memories of going all over the UK and beyond with the, the old bunks that used to be upstairs. And my dad used to just say to me, school summer holiday time do you want to come a trip and I still don't know to this day my dad has since passed but I still don't know to this day if it was my dad sort of taking me on the journey or if my mum just wanted some peace from me during the summer <laughs> that, that my dad was forced <laughs> and I'll never know that but yeah that, that goes back to to me being seven or eight and all through my life in summer holiday time I was always out with my dad just watching him work watching him pop into warehouses and and not meeting all these people that he had met until such time I was 15 years old and heading for exam time in university at school. I asked my dad if I could work a full summer. I remember my first wage. It was £161.40 for a 45-hour week. And I'd just become so used to that money at 15 years old that when it was time to go to university, I asked my dad, I told him really that I wasn't going to go and I wanted to work. And he sort of wasn't really keen on the idea, having been in removal so long, he probably knew what the industry was like. But I sort of forced the matter. And as weeks rolled on and rolled on, it then became post-summer holidays. And I was going to start university in September. Then my dad asked me to move it back to January. And then, lo and behold, January came and I just kept on working. And that was my way into the industry and I've been in it ever since. What were you going to study at university? I wanted to become an accountant. I'm very much a a numbers and data guy. So an accountant or an actuary was what I was destined to do. I was terrible at things like science and geography, but I had a real sort of skill at at maths. And so I wanted to be an accountant. Further to that, I saw what an actuary could earn. (laughs) And (laughs) sort of headed, headed towards that way. And that was the plan. I had everything I needed to go to Stirling University. But I was earning £161 per week. And back then, that wasn't bad for, for my age. I wanted to buy a car and I, I wouldn't have been able to do that going to university. And so my path just changed quite clearly. And I say this to everyone, and I have jokingly say it to, to new employees that we bring on, is that once you're in, you're in. And it's very, then difficult to oh, get back into the industry. And that's very much how, how my career has taken off. I know that feeling. I'm only in IT and not even I could get out of it years ago. I still stayed in it. Yeah, you know, it is, it's half jokingly, but there's a lot of truth in it that you either fall in love with this industry or you don't. And if you don't, you're usually in and then back out pretty quickly. But if you're in for yeah. any length of time, then I'm pretty certain that's you for the 90% of people at least. Yeah. So can you tell everybody about the company you now pass own and the services they offer? Uh, yeah, so, so we're Guardian Moving and Storage. Uh, we're based between West Lothian and Edinburgh, but we, we class ourselves as an Edinburgh-based company because we're only 10 to 15 minutes from the city centre environment there. Our core products and services really are, are domestic moving. Yeah, We have a big commercial entity here in commercial moving. 
We do do overseas moving, but to be honest with you, it's not our sort of excellence or, or our niche. It's We don't go looking for it. If it comes, we can facilitate it, but we don't have a big overseas arm. Self-storage is becoming bigger and bigger with new indoor and outdoor self-storage. And we also have a, an arm of records management, which we hold, I think, probably about 60-odd thousand boxes here. Wow. So, yeah, we're, we're very much across various spectrums of the industry. Domestic is probably on par with commercial as our two biggest service points, but it isn't huge in terms of percentage difference from then storage, self-storage. You know, it's very close to being an equal split across all boards. So what challenges have you had to overcome then, Tommy? Have you had any since you've become part owner? Um, yes, um, more so that... You then become, and it's easy to forget as as a removal man. So I was a removal man first and foremost, a removal porter, driver, all the way up, if you like. And you forget that when you become owner of a company, you're then the HR department. <laughs> you're then to a degree. You're answerable. Yeah, you, you're the operator, you're the salesman, you're everything. And we have these people in place, but, but so many more people then become reliant on you. And it's a big stress and a big pressure. Uh, and I'm quite happy to say that, that, you know, when you have, you go from being an employee to having employees, you know, it was always just about food on my table. And now it's about food on, you know, more than 20 people's table. And that's a big responsibility. Yeah. So having to overcome that change in mindset that you have responsibility, not just for you now, but for everyone you employ. And that responsibility goes all the way through from making sure they're paid on time every week, making sure the business is profitable all the way to make sure that their health and well-being and mental health is looked after at the same time. So it's been a, a steep learning curve, but a good one. Any other challenges? Um, I think I previously mentioned this on the Young Movers podcast, but I lost my dad on a removal. I remember you saying that, yeah, yes. Yeah, on a commercial move many years ago. My dad basically just dropped in, had a heart attack, and yep. recovered from it. So at a very young age, I had to take over my dad's company, which I had no clue what to do. I also had to facilitate a degree of paperwork while I was trying to mourn my dad's death of how did it happen? Did you have a method statement? Did you have a risk assessment? And I'm like, you know, bloody hell, my dad just died. Like, can I not get a break? Yeah. But I couldn't because insurance and all these people, and it was a commercial move, believe it or not, in an airport. So there was even, really? yeah, it was in Prestwick Airport in Scotland. And we used to do a lot of commercial moving for what at the time were customs and excise, which have since become HMRC. So we're yep. moving customs and excise offices. So I had the customs office on to me. I had our main contractor. I had the airport. I had insurance. And I had to overcome all of that and facilitate it. And without saying, look, I'm just a young boy. I don't know what I'm doing. I just had to get it done, which wasn't easy. But yeah, I managed to overcome it, stay strong, and then just work my way through into where I am now. Must have been mega tough. Extremely tough. As you say, you just needed a break. You just needed the time to mourn the loss of your father. Yeah, I have very, very, very vivid memories of the whole thing, and I won't go into too much detail, but I, I understood that he was under a desk, dismantling a desk, and he was actually under a desk having a heart attack. And then, you know, so we're in hospital, and, and he's in ICU, and, you know, I have to phone my mum and tell my mum, you know, yeah. mum, you have to come through, you know, I think dad's dying, I had to phone my brothers and pull them out of work, then have to phone extended family, and at the same time, I've got contractors phoning me and airports phoning me, saying, what's yeah. happened, you know, it's e even silly questions like, when will you be able to come back and complete the job, 
Yeah. And I'm thinking, my goodness. But you yeah. understand from that person's point of view, it's not their dad, it's just a contractor who's had a heart attack and taken away an ambulance. They still have a commitment to whoever's chasing yeah. them to yeah. see well, where are these desks going to arrive. I've got six staff, etc., etc. Yeah, it was quite a big thing to overcome. And there was at times, you know, throughout that, we eventually sold off the company and things, but there were times where we were like, forget it, close it down, you know, we'll just go and get jobs. But I take it back to the start of the conversation that removals is in my blood. It's the only thing yeah. that I know other than being good at maths and numbers, which helps me now as part owner of the business. I don't know anything else. And so then I just had to find a way. Well, looking down from up above, I'm sure he will be extremely proud of you. Thanks, Colin. I'd like to think so. I'm pretty sure he would be, <laughs> trust me. Thank you. So if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be? So, so I stood over this question quite a lot, and I'm very much of the opinion of, of nothing. And I know it's probably not a great answer for a podcast listener to listen to, but I'm hugely of the belief that having regrets and changing your past and every single decision that I have taken in my 35 years of life, good, bad, or indifferent, have led me right here what are we? Yeah. Seven minutes past three in the 6th of October to be sitting yeah. on this podcast. Had I looked back with, with a regret, whether it's changing the industry or my moving past, I might not be sitting here. And I'm a, a real, real firm believer in that I make mistakes on a daily basis still. And I believe that those mistakes mold us. So to go back and change something would change my path somewhere. It might be yesterday, it might be 10 years ago, it might be watching my dad have a heart attack, it might be when I was seven or eight years old and my dad was taking me up to places like Montrose and you know, up to Wick and all these places at the back of beyond in Scotland. If I change any of that, I think it changes the path. And the reason I say that is there's an old analogy that if, it's a, if a plane is flying straight and you change it by one degree, it will end up something like 3,000 miles to the right or to the left by one degree change. So if I go back and change just one tiny thing, my pathway yeah. could be so completely different to sitting here now. Yeah. Well, there have been several podcast guests that have said they wouldn't change anything. Yeah. I'm very much the same. Cool. So what is your high point of being in the industry? Um, I, I have many. Um, the, the most recent one, obviously, is now being a part owner of a, of a big company. Having employees is, is a high point, which is going to sound strange because that's everyone's dream and ambition, or at least you know, for most people it may be. But for me, becoming part of the, the Young Movers Council within the BER is a real high point because I believe it's the, the industry standard. I believe it's, it's the best that you can be and the best that you can have. And to be part of a, a young movers council who are very quickly chasing down the older generation, and I'll say this now, and Ian might kill me, but <laughs> I, I firmly believe that we will overtake everybody because we are so ambitious and we're so driven and we have so many individual members now that want to be part of this. I don't want to call it a movement because it's not as big as that. But I went to my first Young Movers event down in Cardiff and I was blown away by the council and the event that they put on that I basically hounded the Young Movers chairman, Dan Braddock, at the time to say, get me on, get me on, I've got ideas, I want on. And for a lot of time, he's like, you have to understand that there's like a process in place, you know, we're going to formally become a council. And I was like, yeah, but how do I get on? How do I get on? And he's like, you have to speak to this person and do this and do that. And you don't have to be vetted as such, but... 
it's not just a okay you're on type scenario. So to go and do that, having come all the way from removal porter to three and a half ton driver, to sit on a council as far as I'm concerned, of the governing body who are at the very top of our industry. That's a real proud moment for me, and it's a real high point. Super stuff, super stuff. And the BAR Young Movers Group have got a conference coming up. They have. Tell me more about the conference. So the conference is our our annual event. It's like the the flagship event of of the 12-month calendar that we build. We have taken it all across. So we've had Cardiff, we've had Brighton, we've had Belfast. We had a postponement in COVID and this year's, which is Thursday 13th of October, is in Cambridge. So we have booked out the University Arms Hotel, which is a really bespoke boutique hotel for all of our members. We are putting on a fantastic programme of events, really and truly. Everyone will have heard the buzzwords around environment and sustainability, and we have made that the main focus of our whole conference. So we have managed to have a a tour of the Sustainability Centre, the Innovation Centre of DS Smith Packaging, which is an incredibly hard place to get into. You know, it would be easier to get into Fort Knox. And we have managed (laughs) to break down all the barriers and and hold our conference within there. And they're going to give us a tour, which is one of these places where there's no mobile phones, you know, because it's so innovative that we basically... It's like someone stealing the, the KFC recipe and, you know, giving out the colonels the best tips. That It really is quite high security. So to, to get in there is a, a real, real coup. In the programme of speakers we have uh, and the gala dinner, is it really is incredible. We have a video of our Belfast event and every year we look to improve. And we sat as a council post-Belfast when we circulated that video. Uh, you know, and we said this is going to be actually really difficult to improve upon this year on year. The speakers have to get better, venues have to get better, and we have to offer real value. You know, it's, it's not just about coming away. The networking is a huge part of it, but the speaker that we have is a lady called Cathy McDonald. She's an ex-hostess negotiator and ha- had been for 30 years. She's been wow. in suicide negotiations, hostage negotiations. Some of the, you know, the scariest stories that she'll be able to tell and she's formulated that in, into now a company which is known as the Art of Communication. And it's all about empathy and communication. And what we're now bringing her into our industry to say, how can this help our young movers in their businesses, in their careers? How can the salesman communicate with the client better? How can the manager communicate with the staff better? How can the staff communicate with their colleagues better? And it's, you know, it's a real coup to get a keynote speaker who has spent 30 years in hosting negotiation as part of our full programme. God, I wish I was young. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not the first person to say that. As part of my role within the Young Movers Council, I also then get to sit as a representative from the Young Movers on the Commercial Moving Group Council. And, and they were blown away by our video and, and had said similar, you know, that, that they wish. You know, we're fully booked now, 70 full delegates, all the rooms are taken. But we have a calendar of events. You know, we have keynote speakers who offer webinars, which is all part of the individual membership. But even for, for 2023, plans are already in place. We have our plans signed, sealed, delivered by February, March for October events. So for anyone who's listening, who's perhaps missed out this time and you have a young mover, I really, really urge even reach out to me or any one of the, the sort of members of our council through BER. So how does somebody become a member of the Young Movers Group? 
So what happens is they can come to any one of our council members so they'll, they'll find our details on things like RNS, but we do it through an individual membership. So it's not a company BER membership. We do it through an individual membership and that individual membership gives you access to one monthly event. So whether that's one of the insurance companies delivering a webinar, whether it's keynote speakers, we usually have a Christmas quiz online for everybody. We have a March social event where we'll all meet up centrally in Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds and just have a catch up and just talk, you know, what's going on in the industry. So we have a monthly event and that individual membership gives you access to all those monthly events and it allows you then to come in for one of the spaces of our flagship event in October. They do tend to be capped around 70, 80 people just because that's what most people can host in one location. We are up to or very close to 100 individual members and that's just going to keep growing and growing as our reputation builds, our membership will build. But yeah, they just have to reach out to one of us or directly through BER, complete an individual membership form, pay the membership, and then you're a member for one rolling year. And then each year you just renew that individual membership. And I am so certain that if anyone comes in, they will take so much value from it that it'll be an absolute no-brainer to roll over into the next year. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but you do not have to work for a BER company, do you? You do not. And, and part, part of that is, is deliberate. It's built that way by design. So to bring people who are maybe thinking about BR membership and they're maybe a little bit put off by the quality and the standards that you have to go through to, to gain that accreditation, it's basically a taster, if you like, to come into the young movers to understand what BER are, you know, why the individual members have company memberships. But yeah, anyone can join from any removal company come in as an individual member so it's you as the member not your company not anybody else but it'll give you an insight into BR and to our trainings into the way that we do things and hopefully that then leads to you wanting to ask the question well how do I join BR what does that look like how can I get my company to operate in the most efficient way possible and then that's where things like the trainings we put on we have a, a handyman course for example as part of the young movers coming on in November and we put all of these events on to just basically build individual members knowledge bases and then so that they ask the question of actually you know that actually i've taken so much value from an individual membership what does full membership look like and then we pass them back to ber so how much is it to join the young movers group then tommy so to join the young movers group uh, as an individual member it's 55 pounds plus vat and that gives you then full access to our 12-month calendar of events and the ability to take one of the spaces that we release each October for the flagship gala event that we have every year. That's peanuts. That's absolute peanuts for what you get. It is. And many people will say the value that we deliver and the speakers that, that we put on are so valuable. For example, as well, we have the ability to and have built a complete handyman course that's been held as a sort of beta test down at Fox Moving Group and we're offering discounted prices for young movers. So if you think that the discount is discounted by £20 for that one training, there you've yeah. pulled back 20 of your 55. When you then think of the value that we deliver year round, it's insane value for what we're giving people. Join up, everybody. If you're under the age of 39, do yourself a favour, go and join the Young Movers Group. Yes, please. So what one thing would you change within the moving industry? Oh, Colin, what a question. <laughs> I've listened to probably the majority of the podcast. I'm, I'm perhaps two or three behind in, in certain ones. And I know a lot of people talk about changing regulation. 
I listened to a podcast of yours. I think it was Danny Pollard from Pollard's Moving. And he mentioned a desire somewhere to formulate some sort of course for like building a business. Yep. And that, that's what that's what I would like to see. I have no real interest in regulation. In fact, I have quite a strong belief that I'm against it in terms of regulating the three and a half ton industry and things like that. I think that's a wrong thing to do. But what I think is a great thing to do is to teach people how to run a business because so many people don't understand their true costings. They don't understand what profitability is. And the old saying of, you know, revenue is just a vanity metric. Profit is where the sanity is. Yeah. I, I heard Danny Pollard say something, and I'll probably butcher this a little bit, but it was along the line of teaching people about business and how business actually works in terms of a cost and a profit margin rather than just a revenue number. Because when you delve into revenue a lot of the time, or you back cost certain jobs, you know, you can get a fright. And we've had a fright as well in our business at certain times when we've run European trips of what looks like fantastic revenue. And then we look at the cost, you know, on the back end of that, I'm like, we'd have actually been as well keeping our vehicles local at times. Yeah. You know, and what looks like a huge big number coming in here. But so I would like to change that. I would like to build some sort of business and sales course. Uh, I know BAR have the masterclass, which covers all aspects of removals, but taking away the removals aspect and bringing in a big business aspect, I would like to see something like that change in the near future and, and become available to everybody. Interesting. Very interesting. But I have to ask the question, why are you against regulation? Sorry, I have to go there. I'm curious <laughs> now. I'm so highly against regulation, and I'm glad you asked the question. Uh, I spoke earlier about not having any regrets or changing any of my moving past because that would change direction for me to where I am now. If there was regulation in a three and a half ton industry, from a personal point of view, first of all, my dad wouldn't have started delivering toys at Christmas time for Toys R Us. He wouldn't have carried eight or nine sofas, which would have been overweight, by the way. It would have been illegal and overweight 100%. He wouldn't have started doing that. And if he didn't have the opportunity to start doing that, he wouldn't have then bought a truck and grew into and really hyphenated brackets. I don't know why I'm doing that because it's a podcast. But he wouldn't have then bought a truck and he wouldn't have built a removals business. He wouldn't have built a, a hugely successful commercial removal or relocation was a buzzword back then company had there been regulation. Because if he had have looked at delivering toys for Toys R Us, and there was red tape and hoops to jump through. Then he would have just went and done something else. He would have became a builder or a plumber or, or followed a trade. So I'm passionate about the fact that every single mover that you've had on here, most of them at least, started without regulation. They started at the bottom and worked up. There are people who come in at the top end who have come from different industries and management and CEO and sit at board level. But in terms of regulation, when you put that in there, you're stopping the bottom of our industry feeding up. So everybody wants high quality removal companies. Everyone wants the, the movers that they believe are the van and man movers or the smaller operators that sometimes will lowball costs and set an expectation with the client that that's what a removal costs. And then we come in at double and triple the price. So everyone wants to beat them back down and say, regulate them, regulate them, regulate them. My real question is why? If they're the bottom of the industry, 
And we come in at a porter level in our industry. So you go porter, driver, and we have a full removals career pathway all the way up to then senior storeman, senior surveyor, senior foreman from a porter. So rather than coming in at the top of a funnel, you come in at the bottom, porter, driver, supervisor, foreman, and you go far as you want to take it. If you stop the bottom of that funnel and say, okay, you have to regulate a porter, no one will become a removal porter. So why should we stop the bottom of the funnel for removal companies and say, okay, you're regulated? Because two things happen. One, we then all have a head start on them because we weren't regulated. So they have to jump through more hoops than we did. And that goes for anybody who's ever run a three and a half ton van or continues to run a three and a half ton van. We have three maximovers here in our fleet. So if you block that and you regulate it, more and more people will then just disband from the removal industry. They will then say, actually, I was going to go into removals because there's a cheap entry there. You know, you can hire a van, get a couple of blankets. But I know, and I'll go on record the same, some of those boys that hire a van and get removal blankets deliver better quality moves than some of the big movers. I've seen it with my own eyes. And so why would you regulate it and put another hurdle in there to jump? Why not bring them in without regulation and teach them and show them and bring them into things like individual memberships and build them up? But you need them coming into the boat because no one starts with 10 trucks. You know, I listened to Adam Sinclair not long ago talk about his journey ex-rugby. I listened to your podcast. They're fantastic listening. But no one comes in and says, the first thing I've done was bought 10 trucks, an operator's license, and employed 30 staff. There's a pathway to get there. And the pathway often is starting with a van without regulation. That's a good argument, Tommy. I can't say anything against that. Sorry if it was a rant, but I do feel really strongly with it. It's definitely not a rant. It's really well put over. It's difficult for people to get into this industry because there's not enough people wanting to get into this industry. So I suppose by putting those barriers up, it's going to be even harder to get people to come into the industry. Of course it is. And if you get people coming into the industry who want to deliver a quality service, which all of us do. No one comes into this to deliver a crap service. You know, everyone wants to come in and deliver quality. But you know, there has to be a defined pathway of coming in. And if you put regulation in at that step, or you have to have an operator's license to run three and a half ton vans, even if it's removal industry specific, because let's be honest, most of these vehicles, if they're filled to the cubic capacity that they hold, will be overweight. You're breaking the law. So I understand the argument from that one single perspective, but to put a carte blanche regulation in against everybody, to me, is just completely back to front. Strong argument, Tommy, strong argument. I would also welcome anybody to question me because I've got more. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody got any issues with that one? Contact Tommy at Guardian. (laughs) So what advice would you give to yourself just starting out again? Um, The advice I would give to myself was to ask questions and and seek answers quicker. I think as human beings, we can tend to have an, an embarrassment about us if we don't know the answer to something. And we can spend many, many minutes, hours, days, months trying to figure out the answer. Whereas someone ahead of you will have the answer and can give you it in two seconds. So, so for me, it's just about asking the relevant person the relevant question at the relevant time. And, you know, a lot of my time, I went 
you know, we just spoke about it earlier about people going off on tangents. I didn't go off on tangents, but I sometimes went a real rocky road to find an answer. And but had I just asked someone, what is that? How do you do that? What does that mean? What's the best way to do X? You can get to your path a lot, lot quicker. And getting your path to a lot, lot quicker gets you to the next stage a lot, lot quicker. And as each stage you go through, you know, in your removals career or any career for that matter, the quicker you move through the stages, providing you're ready for that stages, the easier you make it for yourself. And who are we looking to ask these questions to? So initially, I would always say that you want to look at the person in your own business who you would like to emulate. So, you know, when you come in, I learned off fantastic, fantastic removal men, real old school removal men. And I didn't ask, for fear of being embarrassed or fear of being ridiculed a little bit when I was a young boy, we used to do a lot of commercial moving and that used to involve libraries, hospitals, files. And I really struggled initially to work out why we were packing things the way we were and why we were reversing the pack of four crates and things like that. And I just kept on doing it, not really knowing why. And eventually I figured it out for myself. But there were times when I used to go and pack these files and look after, you know, real blue chip clients. And I'd done it because the person before me had done it. But had the client ever asked me, why are you doing that? I wouldn't have been able to answer the question. I just had to say, well, because the guy's done it last week. But I wanted to emulate and get to their level. I then wanted to understand how the surveyor was securing so much work in terms of percentage conversion from inquiry. But I never asked the question. I never just said, how do you do what you do? What's the best way to do it? I watched and I listened, but it took me a lot longer to get there. And then further to that, when you get to a level of business or a level of career you know, in your business, who's ahead of you? What companies have got more than what you've got? And if you've got that dream and ambition to get to that size, call people and ask for half an hour of their time and just say, you know, can I ask you a couple of questions? What, what made you decide to do it that way rather than this way? Because they've got banks and banks of knowledge, and I'm huge on paying it forward. And the majority of people in this industry will give you those 30 minutes. Everyone. I listen to, to Jordan, who sits in the Young Movers Council with me, talk about it's one of the strangest industries where your competitors are your best friends. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So where do you see yourself in the industry in the next five years? Um, I don't think the industry will, will, will ever change that much. Um, we're always going to need nice, big, shiny trucks. We're always going to need high-skilled removal men. I think we're heading and being pushed pretty quickly into a more sustainable way of doing things. So I think that comes down to vehicles. I think it comes down to operations. I think it comes down to the old argument of video calls. You know, there's a sustainability element there for fueling your vehicle and city centre idling for your surveyor and all of these things. So I see it moving really, really quickly towards sustainability. What that looks like industry-specific, I don't know. Um, And myself in five years' time is just more of the same. I only became an owner of the company this year. I'm still learning what that fully entails. So just growing, learning, and taking it back to the asking questions, asking questions of people who are ahead of me as to why and how they structure certain things. So more of the same, really. No real huge shift changes in any of that. I've heard people talk about electric vehicles and things. I think that can be 15, 20 years off with the range. So, so really more of the same. The industry never really changes. Certainly, 
I've been 20 years in the industry and before that when when I was a young nipper running about with my dad we do things very much the same as what my dad done when I was seven or eight years old and I don't think that will ever change no and I was at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this year and they had robots on show loading and unloading vans and that's the future and I stood there and thought no that robot's not going to pick up a chair and take it down the stairs and everything else but how is the selling side or how do you think the selling side would change at all um I have quite strong feelings on this as well Colin is that I don't feel that you're selling a removal I don't feel that your salesman and I do a lot of our domestic surveys is going out to sell a service in terms of we pack your boxes and we move your furniture. What I think we sell is a service. Definitely. Basically taking the stress away from one of the most stressful things. Now that's been proven by science and by data and by all these studies and surveys that they conduct about the most stressful times in your life. We are one of the main players in that. You've got banks, you've got solicitors, and you've got the movers. So I never sell on, we'll pack your box of China and we'll look after it. I sell on that we're your best friend and where you want to go to and where you're going to be in your new home, we're going to get you there and you're not going to feel an ounce of stress while we're doing it. And I think for anyone coming from a sales background out with our industry, we'll understand a little bit more that removals are solely being based on all the cubic volume, what's your cost, add a margin. I don't think you should sell that way. I, I, I really, again, I'm passionate about this and the fact that I don't ever think you should upsell either. If really? Well, here, here's my take on it. People think that, that McDonald's upsell. They don't. What McDonald's do is offer. It's one offer, one time, every single time. And what that is, is if you ask for a Big Mac, they'll say, would you like fries with that? That is not an upsell. They're offering it to you and you accept it. Would you like to go large? That's not an upsell. It's an offer. You sit in Starbucks drive-thru and they'll say, would you like an extra shot of coffee? They don't say, we're going to sell you this extra cup of coffee because X, Y, and Z. They give you the benefits over the features. And the benefit of using a remover is that you have zero stress. So the feature is we have a truck, we pack boxes, we pack it into a cubic volume, we unload it and we build your bed. That's a feature of what we do. The benefit of using a mover is you will face no stress if you choose a quality mover. And one of the most highly stressed environments you could ever be in in your whole spectrum of life. Now, you might only move once, you might do it three, four, five times. That's your choice. But if we take away all of that stress and anxiety from you and we get you into your dream home where your kids are going to love it, but bigger bedrooms, you've got a bigger garden, or going the opposite way that we're taking you down into a bungalow because you're planning for a later life, here's everything we can give to you so we, you can get there stress-free. That has nothing to do with trucks and packing boxes, but the service is still the same, but you're selling from a completely different angle. And then you offer... Would you like us to come back the following day and unpack all of your worldly goods so that we can get them all onto a hard surface for you and we can take away the debris? And you know when we take away that, we've got sustainability targets. So we're going to reuse some of these boxes and recycle. And I don't know, you don't know that you're really keen on sustainability because I learned that from the survey. 
Mr. McNee, that would be the most fantastic thing. We'll take you up on that offer. There's no upsell and there's no mention of a, you know, a man carrying a wardrobe down the stairs, but it's the very same service you're giving them. So the optional services that you would provide, they're not the upselling. They are just... They are just offers. Would you like to go large with your meal? Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. So what do you do outside the business to switch off then, Tommy? I'm very much a, a family man, Colin. I have three young kids who are of varying ages. One is nearly 15, one is eight, and one is four. So they're all into very different things, which take me all over the country with the, the various kids' clubs and everything else. Football, swimming, karate, skateboarding, all, all of that. So, How do you get time for work? <laughs> Sometimes I often wonder. A lot of my time is, is based just purely with the family. I'm very big on that. Part of what my, my dad passed early, and we'll never really fully know why, but I do believe part of that was just how much he did work and his blood pressure and his stress and everything that comes with that. So as a, a sort of smaller side business, I do have a, a fitness, nutrition, health and wellbeing company where I coach people essentially not to make the mistakes my dad did, that you have to make time for yourself. I always try to teach people that you, you will think it's selfish to put yourself before anyone else, but the, the main matter of fact is it's selfless. And there's a reason when you're on an aeroplane, when they're doing the safety checks, they will tell you to put your own mask on first. Because when you get your own mask on first, you can better serve your family, your friends and those people around about you. If you put everyone before yourself, you'll be dead before you have the chance to help. And it's an analogy I use a lot in my coaching and mentoring business around your health and your well-being is that you have to put yourself first. Because if you give the best version of yourself to everyone else, you'll better serve them. If you put yourself last, you won't serve them to the best of your ability and they'll never get the best of you. And that takes up pretty much seven days a week with work, coaching and then family. Nothing really other than that. No need for sleep over here, is there? <laughs> <laughs> seven hours, Colin. You must get seven hours. That's the most optimal time between seven and nine, so I do try. <laughs> wow. And finally, I'd like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more to tell, even though you gave me one of the funniest ones I had which laugh at that young lad <laughs> well every one of my stories always seem to potentially put um <laughs> an old company or my dad's old company in bother but but I remember once we were working in what at the time was Britain's biggest tax office, and we were doing a one of what we called a twilight shift on a Friday night. And there was about 24 of us on the job. It's been done over a weekend, so there was a lot of us there. And we were just jovial, you know, we were in good spirits. The job was just kicking off. And one of the younger boys decided to hide himself inside an IT crate. And the plan was to, to jump out and give someone a fright. And now this building had no lifts. It was one of the oldest and biggest buildings. So everything was stair carried. And lo and behold, two gentlemen picked up a pile of two purple IT crates and started carrying up the stair, unbeknown to them that someone was in the crate. Anyway, they're going halfway up the stairs, and they're moaning, oh my God, you know, this IT kit's really heavy, you know, we're going to need more men, etc., etc. And to this day, I will never understood why, but the boy, Gary was his name, jumped out of that crate mid-stair carry. And I have never seen two people get the fright of their life so much in my <laughs> life. <laughs> But, you know, and I and they drop. I no word of a lie. They dropped the crate 
and lo and behold, the building is semi-empty or it's emptying. We've got an IT crate crashing all the way down the staircase. Everyone's turning their head thinking, oh my God, the removal guys have dropped the IT. And then they see Gary just flying down the stairs after this crate. You know, it, it was incredible. The fright that these people got, you know, they nearly jumped off a staircase. I was just a young, I was howling with laughter at the time. But then at the time, my dad had said to me, I then had to go into, there was very little staff around, two or three, and, and the cleaners were just sort of coming in behind us. And I had to go and have a conversation with him. Please don't tell anybody this happened. It's a real health and safety issue and all of this stuff. But to this day, I will never understand why he jumped out in that crate halfway up the stairs, but he chose to. <laughs> I have a vision now of a, of a young lad in an IT crate tobogganing down the stairs. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, and you have no idea of the noise. that This this tax office used to have atriums, and the atrium just go up, and, and you just crash, bang, wall up. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God, is he going to be okay? Is he going to bang his head? Is he broke a bone? And luckily, he was okay. But yeah, it was just, it was so funny to see the fright these boys got. Oh, hilarious. Hilarious. This, this industry always gives funny stories. <laughs> Tommy, many thanks for giving up your time today to record this episode with me. I really do appreciate it. Colin, thank you very much for having me a second time. I look forward to hearing it when it comes out. No problem at all. You take care. Thank you, Colin. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 54 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice and please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to Tommy McNee of Guardian Moving and Storage for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, Tommy. If you would like to know more about Guardian Moving and Storage and the services they provide, then you will find links in the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. I am delighted to be one of the sponsors of the BAR Young Movers Group Conference, so if you are in attendance, do post a photo of our bag on Twitter and Instagram and ensure you tag us using at movingmatterspc. I will gladly send a bottle of bubbly to the best photograph, so get snapping! If you would like to know more about the BAR Young Movers Group, then please visit the BAR website at www.bar.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving.